Welcome back to King Me, the Champion City Kings podcast. It is officially week three in the Prospect League. Ten games played for Champion City. We'll cover last week how the Kings are doing now. But first, a special award has been given out to Champion City. Namely, Alex Ryan, a native of Lake Mills, Wisconsin, a college baseball player with the Valparaiso Beacons. He has just been named the Prospect League Slugger of the Week or June 6th through the 12th. And you can read about this story at championcitykings.com. But just to recap Alex Ryan's incredible week, again, going from June the 6th, the home game against Johnstown, to yesterday. And unfortunately, we could not play yesterday thanks to a flash storm that flooded the infield. So we got to play that game against West Virginia in... A little while. By a little while, I mean close to a month. July 10th, we'll have a two-game, seven-inning doubleheader for you. That Sunday, July 10th, starting at 4.05. And yes, it's on PLTV. But more about Alex Ryan. He picks up the first individual award for a Champion City King this year. Last year, the Kings got three. And already one in the pocket for the Springfield team. Ryan batted 071 coming into the home game on June the 6th against Johnstown. And then something in that game, Alex Ryan's bat came to life. With an offensive boon as he went 4 for 5, picking up his first and second home runs. One was a two-run flavor. The other one was a three-run home run, which I believe gave Champion City the lead at that point. In fact, yes, it was the home run that would give Champion City a Four-run lead in the bottom of the eighth. Unfortunately, Johnstown would score four in the ninth and two in the tenth to win it 10 to eight. But Alex Ryan, four for five, five RBI, and three runs scored. Two bunt singles in that game, by the way. Let off the bottom of the tenth with a bunt single, got to second. And Alex Ryan definitely had himself a game. Four for five in that contest. And we move on to the doubleheader of West Virginia. It wasn't supposed to be a doubleheader, but darn it, it turned out to be a doubleheader as that Tuesday the 7th was a rainout, and then the Kings had to play two games, seven innings in Beckley, West Virginia. First game went the Kings way 6-3. Second game, the Kings fell 6-2. But in that series, Alex Ryan went 3-for-5, one walk, one RBI, one triple, and only one strikeout in the fold. So already against West Virginia, three of five, that is dandy. If you think it couldn't get any better than that, ho, 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 I have a story for you. And yes, I'm looking at my scorebook I use for the games. And this 9-8 loss to West Virginia, yes, you probably saw it on PLTV. Yes, you probably want to talk about how Trey Carter, I believe, beat the tag. But we're talking about Alex Ryan. In the first inning... That he batted, which would be bottom three. The Miners had a one nothing lead. Alex Ryan led off with a single, and Gus Gregory followed him. And then coming on home on an error was Alex Ryan to tie up the game. Champion City would score one more on a double play ball, but Alex Ryan, he would start his three for three game with that single, and the only run scored for him that day. Picked up another hit in the bottom of the fourth. And then picked up an RBI single in the fifth, where the Kings scored five. 
And that was the last time the Kings could muster any runs in the game. Was hit by a pitch in the seventh. So three for three with one hit by pitch. And as I have listed on the article, he went 750 against West Virginia in his first three games. It's just a shame that we couldn't play Sunday because I have a feeling Alex Ryan would have had himself another dandy of a game. But again, July the 10th, that's when the Miners will be back in town. So for the week, which includes the the home split against Lafayette, a nice 9-7 win on Friday, but a 10-4 rain-shortened loss on Saturday. Ryan went 579. That includes 11 hits, 7 RBI. And his average now at 364, which is 12 for 33 with a triple, two home runs, two walks, and just two strikeouts. Also, I forgot to include it on the article, 7 RBI, which is second on the team behind Nick Dolan's 8. His 364 batting average is tied for second with Joel Gardner, but Ryan has played more and has 22 more at-bats. You can catch Alex Ryan and the rest of the Kings back in action tomorrow, Tuesday, June 14th, and Wednesday, June 15th against Johnstown and the Mill Rats. And yes, they'll be on PLTV. We'll do the pregame 620 and first pitch at 635. It's going to be a warm one, so make sure you stay hydrated for that game. As, yeah, highs are going to be mid to upper 90s. And in fact, I think tomorrow, Tuesday's game, the heat index is going to be at 117. Be nice if you can take a dip in Buck Creek, which is behind Carlton Davidson Stadium, but I don't think the city allows that. But again, if you're coming out to the ballpark, tickets are available. ChampionCityKings.com. You can visit the Kings office at 100 West North Street in Springfield or One hour before first pitch, you can buy your tickets that way. So Alex Ryan, the first Kings Award winner. He is the slugger of the week for June 6th through the 12th. And rightfully so, 11 of 19 with 7 RBI and 11 hits. Very impressive work. Congrats to Alex Ryan. And now for the first time ever on King Me, the Champion City Kings podcast, we have a guest and its general manager, Ginger Fulton. For joining me on King Me, the Champion City Kings podcast. How are you? I'm great, Lee. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem. You're the first guest on this podcast. And already we've gotten a lot of uh, numbers on listenership. I think close to 5,000 already, if you can believe Fabulous. that. Yeah. That's great. So I'd like to start off. Um, how did you get the general manager role and where are you from? Well, uh, I'm originally from Springfield, Ohio, and uh, I've lived uh, a lot of other places. And I've been in college athletics for, gosh, well over 25 years. I was in the golf business before that. And I'd been living on the East Coast for about 20 years and decided it was time to move back home and be closer to family. And that's what I did and uh, found that I wasn't very good at retirement, really needed something to do. And um, this position was presented to me and uh, I really, really, really liked uh, the guys, the owners and the concept and uh, really it's uh, it's quite a civic endeavor and, and, you know, really loving Springfield growing up here. I, I thought it'd be a lot of fun to do. Now, as someone that graduated from a nearby high school in Springfield, how much does this mean to you that you're getting to run a baseball program here in your hometown? 
Well, it, it means a lot to me because I've always loved baseball. I mean, baseball was my first love. I, I actually, you know, spent a, a good bit of time in uh, in golf, uh, but baseball was always my first love. But you have to understand, in the time that I grew up, girls weren't allowed to play little league. So I used to practice with the boys' teams and then uh, and then watch them play their games. And so, you know, it, it's always been in the back of my mind to to be involved somehow with baseball and uh, was happy to have this opportunity. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Now, you got started with the Kings in 2018. Is that correct? Yeah, October of 2018. Okay. So how has things changed with the Kings from your first day with the organization till the 2022 season? I mean, the Prospect League has grown so much. What has all changed away from the team and with the team? Well, I think um, I think when we started, there was really no there was really no playbook. So what I've been trying to do is um, really add some of my um, athletic administration background to building a foundation for the team. I think uh, Rick White and his family were involved and they, they got this started and they had lots of passion for it. And uh, that was terrific. And. Uh, I think it was, they felt like it was time to hand it off to someone else. And I happened to be there in the wings. So I'm going to try to run it and, and do the best I can with it. And then I'll eventually hand it to someone else who will, will take it to further heights than me. And so uh, that's been my, uh, been my goal to kind of put a good foundation in uh, for, for the organization. Uh, lots of things have changed. I think, the they've gone from eight to 10 to starting in 23, uh, 17 teams uh, and po- you know, possibly a few more. Uh, we've added a lot of teams in the West, which has been a little difficult uh, for those of us on the East side, trying to manage, um, manage travel. And, you know, we're trying to figure out that sweet spot and how many games is really the right number of games to play. And uh, that, that, that gives the, the players the best experience they can have without really wearing them out because they're coming right from college mm-hmm. or right to our teams. And then they're going right back to college and they love baseballs and they're young guys. So it doesn't hurt them too much. But, you know, I do have a feel a feel for them in terms of uh, they need to spend a little time with their family maybe, uh, at some point during the summer and, and have a little bit of downtime away from baseball. So. I think we're all trying to figure that out a little bit because, uh, you know, baseball itself is changing and um, we're trying to make sure we're we're doing the right thing and, and putting the players first and, and thinking a lot about how can we how can we take care of the players and um, and still have a, a really nice quality baseball for our communities. You know, you mentioned a couple of great things like in the West, it's really clouded up like around Western Illinois to Iowa now with the addition of Clinton and Burlington from last year, which is so weird. I'm working with the Dragons and I get to see them with the Dragons and now they're in the Prospect League. So I get to see them again. So that's always uh, that's always funny to me. But, yeah, the West is really crowded and hopefully in the East we'll get some teams that can help, you know, 
alleviate some travel. Now, if you were given the keys to say, hey, Prospect League, go here, make a team here, where are you telling them to go? Because, yeah, Kings have uh, in their own division, they got some pretty big doozy trips like Johnstown, Pennsylvania, Beckley, West Virginia, South Portion of the State. But luckily, Chillicothe is like an hour. Where would you put a Prospect League team? Well, I'd like to see something a little bit up closer to Cleveland, maybe the Mansfield area. Uh, I actually was an assistant golf pro there at Westbrook Country Club, Country Club at one time, and it's really nice, really nice community. Uh, I'd love to see something in Cincinnati, uh, and I'd love to see something maybe over on the Indiana Ohio border uh, that that would be part of our part of our group. So I think that would kind of help uh, shore up this side. But of course, we've got to have have the franchises and have the the communities uh, that are interested in in having these teams. Remember, my first in the Prospect League was with the Richmond River Rats, and I thought that was a nice fit. Like, you know, you got teams in Ohio to go, and there was one time a team in Lorain County, the Ironmen, but uh, they folded a long time ago. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the East, I mean, you look at the road trips. I mean, it's it's a little better than the Walbrush River than the Ohio River. Ooh, that's that's a lot of trips, especially. Well, the- yeah, and we're a lot closer. We're a lot closer to Terre Haute, Danville and Lafayette than we are to Johnstown, for example, mm-hmm. and and West Virginia, West Virginia and Danville are about the same distance okay. in opposite directions. But uh, so so if we could find something kind of in between, it would certainly help West Virginia. It would help Johnstown. It would it would help Chillicothe us. So. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that would be it would be great. And uh, I'd love to see the. Love to see the league expand this direction. I have to say, I'm I'm not crazy about um, having too many teams too close. Mm-hmm. I think there, I think that that uh, waters it down a little bit. So, so I like a little bit of space, uh, and that's um, and then you know kind of have some natural rivalries within that. So, uh, so we'll see. Time will tell. Let's move on to the operations side and. You know, day-to-day operations of running the Kings. What's been some of your most challenging moments, and what's been some of your favorite parts with the Kings? Well, this week the challenge has been the weather. Uh, <laughs> been, uh, <laughs> You're not kidding. Uh, there, we had uh, five games, five home games this in the last seven days, and we had rain in three of them. I think so. Uh, the weather's been tough. Uh, I think. Uh, I just think there's a lot of details um, at at a lot of it's a lot of herding cats, as they say, um, (laughs) trying to put all the all the pieces together and have the right personnel in the right place. Uh, I think I think those are some of the real challenges every year. Uh, By far, of course, my my favorite would have been our playoff game last year that we won in dramatic fashion (laughs) here. uh, The last game we played uh, October 5th or August 5th last year. Uh, when we, um, you know, we were behind Chillicothe by one and, and Homer to tie it up. And then, uh, uh, guy scored from home. I think Ben Ross, it was scored from home on a long fly ball. Uh, that was really an exciting, exciting end to, uh, a playoff game. So, so that's a lot of fun. I think the other part is I really, the young men, I, I, I don't get to spend quite as much time with them as the coaches do, but. Uh, we've been bringing in some really quality people, and uh, I, r- I really like the young men that we bring in. 
Absolutely. They represent Springfield, the highest integrity. So I always appreciate that. And I always like it when the local kids have a chance to play for the local team. This year, it's just Patrick Fultz, who's going to be playing at Wright State, which is not too far away now. But at the same time, you know, it's it's always important to find not only ball players that will help you win games, but ball players that are going to also represent you in the highest quality. No, no question about it. When when we have those local kids that can play at, at this level, uh, we we love to have we love to have them. No doubt about it. And uh, you know, with Ben Ross last year, he really made great strides in his uh, in his college uh, year playing, and then great strides with us this year. And I'm, I'm hoping he gets drafted here in July. Uh, Borges was a great pitcher. Peters, we really really enjoyed having a lot of those guys. But it's, it's really key that they are able to, you know, we want them to be successful. So I want to, I want to make sure they're in a, in a position where they can be successful and, and help themselves as well as help us. Now, on PLTV, I always tell folks, come out to Springfield. You're going to meet some good people and have a good time up here. What are some of the events that folks can expect when they make their way to Carlton Davidson Stadium? Well, we just had a spectacular fireworks night on June. June 10th, and we're planning another one for July 29th. Uh, but I think one of the most unique things we have coming up is the Dueling Pianos. Uh, it's sponsored by uh, NCF Savings and Loan. And uh, these fellows come from St. Louis. They have a couple uh, cutouts that look like uh, baby grands, and uh, folks will come an hour ahead of time, and they'll take requests and can play any anything you want so they're they're a lot of fun they know baseball they know when when to play and what to play and how to get the crowd excited uh so we're that's our next event that's june friday june 24th we're uh, looking forward to having those fellows here yeah they were great last year they took requests and it's really cool like you think at a baseball game there's organs right which that's pretty standard but dueling pianos that's not something I know about many baseball games, so that's really cool. And if it's the same guys, they're really nice too. So definitely, yeah, it is definitely the same guys. Awesome. They come out of Spanky Entertainment is the name of their organization, and um, they they are a lot of fun, and they will play anything. So what else can fans expect? Like Tuesdays are two dollar Tuesdays, Thursdays are Thirsty Thursdays, and dollar yep. hot dog Wednesdays, I believe. That's right. So we have a ticket discount on Tuesday. So everyone's $2 Tuesdays, dollar dogs on Wednesday night, any Wednesday game. And then we have a dollar off beer on Thursday, Thursdays. So we also have a, when, on the nights that we're not given a beer discount, we'll have a, we'll have a beer batter. We'll pick a player on the other team. And if he strikes out for the next any, anyone in line gets a, a dollar off their beer. So, uh, so we have a little fun with that. Um, and then in between innings, we, uh, play a lot of, uh, games with, uh, with the, the children and we'll probably get some adults involved here and there and they play Frisbee tosses and they play tug, tug of war with the players. And, uh, we just do all kinds of games with, uh, with children, just, uh, get them involved and having a good time. And, uh, really what we have there is, and, and what we've been trying to have, it's just a really nice family atmosphere. Uh, kids can kind of run around, watch the game, have fun, sing, take me out to the ball game. Uh, just, uh, have a real relaxing evening and enjoy some quality baseball. I mean, that's something that most teams don't think about. It's, it's 
you know, family friendly atmosphere. You know, you you come out, there's a baseball game, but families are having fun at the same time, too. So that's something I've always admired about how the Kings are ran like that. So I always I always like that. Yeah. And it's a great venue for businesses to bring their employees out and their families and and, uh, you know, have a night out to, away from the office. Uh, so we have we have quite a few groups coming up tomorrow. The Osterlin Home will be there. We have the Springfield Board of Realtors uh, coming on Wednesday. Uh, next Tuesday uh, and Wednesday, we have the uh, uh, Mercy Health employees. Uh, they'll come for a, a two-day event uh, and en- entertain their employees. And so, uh, and, and on and on and on with, with companies. Uh, it's, it's really fabulous. I'm, I'm glad they think of us as a, you know, a form of entertainment that's uh, certainly affordable and uh, with gas these days, you don't want to be driving to Dayton or Columbus to do too much. So, <laughs> so we're a really good option uh, for people to have a have an evening out. And, and it's, you know, the ballpark's terrific sitting there by the river, or the, the creek, and um, just a really, really nice atmosphere is what we're shooting for, you know, every night. And people just, you know, have a great time. It's just too bad people can't enjoy the creek because I mentioned in the podcast that it's going to be – upper 90s on wednesday so it's like hmm, wouldn't that be nice if you could go in the <laughs> we, creeks like Whoo. yeah we may all want to jump <laughs> jump in it <laughs> yeah. yeah it's gonna be warm the next couple days so uh we'll we'll have plenty of cold water and cold beer so <laughs> come on out and get a little bit of breeze just stay hydrated and also wear sunscreen as well that's right so let's talk a little bit about the team uh your thoughts on the 2022 squad well, I think they're I think they're ready for a breakthrough. They've been really close on a number of games and and just fallen on the wrong side of the dice. And I just think that um, as time goes on, they've just got to learn to win, and they've got to learn to kind of bear down at the right times uh, and 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 lift each other up as a team. And I think they'll I think they'll be fine. I you know they're in good hands with. Gavin Murphy and John Earhart and 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 uh, Mark Lucas. So I, I think those three guys will um, guide them correctly, and they can kind of get over this little hump. And uh, I'm looking forward to those bats coming alive. They finally they started coming alive. We just sometimes come up and a, a run short. So uh, I'm hoping uh, we're going to turn a corner here very shortly. Johnstown's in town Tuesday and Wednesday, and they're in the midst of a seven-game slide. So no time like the upcoming homestand for Champion City. Yeah, you can't panic. It's still early. It's, you know, it's uh, they're they're young men, and it's always going to be up and down like that, depending on, uh, you know, the quality of the pitching. Some nights it's better than others, and that's that's just the nature. So you hope if, if your pitching isn't quite as good that night that your bats pick pick him up and, uh, you know, support him. So it's just, uh, it's just the nature of sports and it's cyclical and, uh, you know, we're ready for a big, big turn here. And, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure the coaches and the players are too. Now to close off the interview, if you could tell people that are listening to this podcast, watching on PLTV to come out to Springfield, what would you tell them? Say, Hey, come on out to Carlton Davidson stadium. See us live. Well, I'd say if you're looking for a night out, you don't want to have to drive uh, too far. Uh, we we do some fun things down there. It's a great cross-section of people. We have cold beer, good hot dogs, good hamburgers. 
And, uh, you know, it's a, it's just a nice, nice evening, uh, to, to enjoy being outside and, and being around your fellow citizens. Absolutely. Ginger Fulton, GM of the Champion City Kings. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Lee. Thanks for having me. No problem. Talk to you again soon. Get to see the Kings back at home two more times, Tuesday and Wednesday against Johnstown, a team that the Kings have only won once against so far. And this is now a team that has slid. This is now a Johnstown team we're talking that has lost seven in a row, I believe. Let's check the standings. It is seven in a row. I remember right. So right now, your Ohio River Valley Division standings. Chillicothe is in first place. They have won five straight and are now eight and three to lead the ORV. West Virginia, four and five. Johnstown is four and eight after their seven game slide. They have only won two of their last 10. And Champion City sits one game back of the Mill Rats at three and seven. The Kings have lost their last game, currently three out of their first 10. And now we'll talk a little bit more about the Champion City Kings week. I mentioned 10-8 against Johnstown. It was a tough loss to take. It was a rainy end to the game. As Jake Wolf was saddled with the loss as the Melrats scored the last six runs and the four-run lead evaporate in the ninth, and the Kings were unable to scratch any more runs in. Again, the doubleheader of West Virginia Wednesday the 8th. The Kings won it 6-3 to three for the first game. This was the game that was supposed to be played on Tuesday night. The Kings cranked out 11 hits and didn't commit a single error and scored six runs against the Miners 3. The win would be going to Connor Lockwood for his complete game efforts. Three earned runs, six hits, struck out five, walked one, gave up one home run in seven innings of work. Scotty Cato for West Virginia took the loss in four and two-thirds. He gave up three earned runs, five total runs on eight hits. Gavin Smith also gave up an earned run on three hits for West Virginia. In that game offensively, well, I talked about Alex Ryan. He went one for two with an RBI and a run scored. He walked once. And outside that, James Hevelin went two for four. Nick Dolan, two for four with an RBI, but struck out twice. Jason Smekowski, two for three as well with two runs scored. Edric Badia, one for three with two runs scored. Jonas Sutton, two for four, one run scored. And that was your six Kings runs on 11 hits and five RBI collected. So Kings played well in that contest versus West Virginia in the second game against the Miners. The Kings can only muster up two runs, including one in the seventh. And fell 6-2 to two while out hitting the Miners 8-7. to seven. In that game, the loss was paddled on to Drew Lang. He went four and a third, four earned runs, five hits. He walked two, struck out five. Nathan Genderskevich, two earned runs, two hits, and two-thirds of an inning. And Charlie Schaefer pitched a clean one inning with two strikeouts. Ben Cornelius of West Virginia picked up the win, just allowing one earned run, six hits, and five, while walking two, striking out eight. Hayden Frank in the bullpen. He had strong two innings of one run, two hit, five strikeout ball. Just two walks given up. It was Cornelius, whereas the Kings walked four, also struck out eight. Offensively for Champion City, another two-for-three performance for Jason Smekowski, one RBI, one walk. 
Joel Gardner, the DH, one for three with a run scored. Even Kreisen, one for two with a walk. Alex Ryan went two for three with his only strikeout in the series with one run scored. And Gus Gregory, one for three with one RBI. That's a look at the Lone Home, Lone Road Series for Champion City this week as they returned home and played West Virginia on June the 9th. That was a 9 day game. That was a tough battle. And it looked like Trey Carter scored from third on a wild pitch. However, he was ruled out 2-1, to one, and the game was over. Offensively for Champion City, Gus Gregory, 2-for-5. Smankowski, 1-for-4. Nick Dolan, 2-for-5 with an RBI. Gregory also had himself an RBI. Ethan Kreisen, 1-for-3 with an RBI and two walks. Alex Ryan, 3-for-3 three three with one hit by pitch and a run scored. And pitching-wise, that went to Aaron Miller. He gave up four earned runs, five total in his two innings of work, giving up four hits, striking out none, but walking none. Okay, Cotney got the start, didn't get the decision in four innings. Three earned runs, four runs, total five hits, struck out five, walked two. Tyler Weinkoop in two innings, kept the minors off the board further. In fact, the last three innings between Tyler Weinkoop and Noah Penny, they struck out six, walked two in three innings, no hits and no runs. That definitely gave the Kings a shot. However, it was not meant to be that game as Ozzy Martinez came in and shut the door on the Kings with two and a third innings, one hit, one walked, and striking out two. Charlie Joyce picked up the win after Carlos Marquez didn't get a single out. Marquez came in for West Virginia starter Nathan Riddle, who gave up five runs, two earned on six hits and four and a third, striking out three. Marquez, he gave up two hits, three walks, while giving up three runs. That would be the last time the Kings would score in that game. As Miners won 9-8. At that point, the Kings were 2-6. And, and then here comes Lafayette. They are leading the Wabash River Division. A good program in western Indiana. Let's talk about this one. This one was a lot of fun to call. Although not until the 7th. The Kings were being held in check by starter in Tyler Norris. And for the first inning, Judson Shopper. Gabe Phipps got the start. He gave up five total runs, three unearned on six hits and two and two thirds. Walking five, striking out three. Gabe Carter, he gave up another two runs, both unearned on three hits and two and two thirds. Walking three, striking out two. And then the bullpen did its job. Charlie Schaefer would pick up the win in one and two thirds. Jake Wolf pitched a clean two thirds. And Manny Reyes, making his debut, retired all four batters he faced for save number one. And I believe that is the first save won by Champion City on the season. Offensively for the Kings against Lafayette. One run in the second. As that was Ethan Kreisen doubling in Edric Padilla. Well, excuse me. Edric Padilla moved to third. Smekowski actually came in to score. And it was 3-1 Lafayette after two. But then that eighth inning, the doors really came off that eight-run seventh inning, I should say. Nick Dolan, a two-RBI single to score Gus Gregory and Alex Ryan. Patrick Fultz would reach first on a sacrifice, but it was an error. And that scored two to bring the Kings within two. Edric Padilla would have a two-RBI double to score Smekowski and Fultz. And then Ethan Kreisen shut the door 
with his first home run of the year over the left field fence. Padilla coming home. 9-7 Champion City was your final. The Kings were out hit by Lafayette 11-8. And the Kings also committed five errors on the game to Lafayette's two. But that eight-run seventh, that was definitely home cooking at its finest. That's that's what you can expect out of the Kings. They're a great offensive team. And we've seen that pitching can be brilliant. It's just piecing all that together. And on Saturday, again, it was a rain-shortened game. We called it at the top of the eighth. By we, I mean the officials, not me. I just broadcast and podcast. But Lafayette, they were making sure that that eight-run seventh wouldn't happen again. They did give up a run the seventh, but that was it. As the Kings fell 10-4 in seven complete innings. Starter Connor Gill made his Kings debut. He went two and two thirds, giving up six earned runs, seven total on six hits, walking four, striking out four. Noah Penny behind him, giving up three earned runs on five hits and two and two thirds, striking out two. Gender Skevich, one and two thirds. He gave up two hits and a walk, but that was it. And Jake Wolf, well, he retired one in the eighth, but that was it. As the Lafayette Aviators leaned on starter Tyler Yakovich. It seemed like it was going to be one of those games where both starters were getting giving up hits. But Yakovich really settled down, especially after giving up two more hits in the second. Until about the fifth inning, that was last inning for him. He gave up two unearned runs to Edric Padilla's RBI double. Bryson Walker out of the pen. It looked like it was going to be another shaky start for Lafayette's bullpen, but... He settled down nicely after giving up an earned run on three hits and struck out the side. So right now, your Kings are sitting three and seven after 10 games right now. Fourth place in the Ohio River Valley. They're supposed to take on West Virginia yesterday, Sunday, the 12th. But again, that got rained out. And now it's a league off day. In fact, one of the few league off days we're having this Monday as the Kings will welcome in Johnstown again on a seven game slide for 6.35, first pitches Tuesday and Wednesday. Again, 6.20 is when we start our broadcast on PLTV. We certainly hope if you can't go to Springfield to watch the game for Carlton Davidson Stadium, please check us out on PLTV. I'll have the call for you there. And now we take a look at Champion City's offense and pitching numbers. This is a team that's batting 293 on the season, which is towards the top in the prospect league. In fact, that is second best, only behind Terra Haute's 309 average. The Racks are really tearing the ball off the cover. Champion City 293, second best, Chillicothe 288, O'Fallon 287, Alton 286, Cape 276, Quincy 274, Lafayette 272, West Virginia 253, Burlington 248. That's your top 10. And sitting in 16th coming into tomorrow and Wednesday's games, Johnstown is hitting 219. They've been able to find ways to score against Champion City thus far, but 219 and things are really looking glum now. A seven-game losing streak. And now we look at the pitching side of things. At one point, Champion City had the fourth lowest ERA. Currently, the Kings sit in 12th out of 16 teams with a 5.98 ERA. Just 0.01 point better than Alton at 5.99. Your lowest ERA, Johnstown had that for a while, but that is no longer the case. It's Illinois Valley sitting at 3.65. That's earned runs 
average. That's earned runs given up per game by a pitching staff. Chilla Coffee sitting really nice at second place, 377. Cape 467. Normal 469. O'Fallon 479. Here's Johnstown at 4.93. By the way, that one game, it was like 2.17 for the Mill Rats. So you see their earn run average has bloomed quite a bit. Danville in seventh place, 506. Clinton 516. Springfield Lucky Horseshoes 529. And Lafayette rounding up. The top 10 at 552. In case you were wondering, West Virginia owns the highest ERA in the league. They were at 8.08 on Thursday's game against the Kings. They have lowered it slightly to 7.89. So that's your team stats. We'll look at fielding as well. We might as well. We are here. The Kings had the second fewest errors given up, but a rough patch. And now Champion City has... A tie for seventh place with 19 errors committed with Burlington and Quincy. Least amount of errors given up. Chillicothe 13. Most is Cape at 27. West Virginia sitting in sixth, 18. One better than Champion City. And Johnstown sitting in 15th. They have committed 26 errors. So that's your look at the entire prospect league stat wise. Let's. Focus on the Kings now. We're looking at the batting averages first. Jason Smaykowski, he had the night off Saturday. He's batting 371 to lead the Kings. 13 hits, that's a team top. 35 at-bats, that's also the most for Champion City. Seven runs scored, that is not the most. Alex Ryan has nine. We'll talk more as we roll along. Three RBI, six strikeouts, and three of five in the stolen base department. Joel Gardner, three of five. Excuse me, four of 11 in his five games with three runs scored and one RBI. Alex Ryan, the slugger of the week, 12 of 33 in 10 games played, nine runs scored. That's the most seven RBI. That's the second most behind Nick Dolan's eight. And he has only struck out twice in those 33 at bats. Very impressive. By the way, in case you like on base percentages, 447. Not too shabby at all. Alex Ryan's really catching on. And I'm glad to see it. I'm really glad Alex Ryan, A, came back to Champion City, and B, he is swinging like his Valparaiso self. Doing really good work at Valpo. Edric Badia, fourth in batting average, 348. He's had a rough game. He went 0 for 6, but he has turned it around, 348. Barry Eisman, his first game, he went 1 for 3. That was Saturday. Gus Gregory, 7 of 21 in his six games. He's batting 333. Ethan Kreisen, his seven games, he's 8 of 24 with 6 RBI, 333 for him. There was a lot of 333s on this. I did not realize that until I started recording. And Jonas Sutton, wouldn't you know it, 10 of 30 for 333, 3 RBI. He has struck out eight times. Nick Dolan, 323 for the Kings in eight games, 10 of 31. Patrick Foltz, 9 of 28 in his eight games. The lone Springfield native on the team thus far. Four RBI, five punch outs, three walks, a 321 average. J.R. Hevelin, I was about to say James Hevelin. That's what the roster says, but he goes by J.R. That's what we call him. He is 8 of 34 with five runs scored, one RBI, and 11 strikeouts. That co-leads with Nick Dolan for the team's highest 143 for Trey Carter in his six games up to bat. Yes, Trey Carter, the pitcher. He can also play in the field. And one of the home games, he was at first base. Most of the games I've witnessed on the road, he's been in left field. Evan Wagner, he is 2 of 14, 143. Drew Emerson, we haven't seen him much lately, but he's 1 of 8 for 125. 
Ben Stewart is one of 15. Sean Golenic, he went hitless in his first start. He is 0 for 4 with hit by pitch and one strikeout. So altogether, the Kings batting 293. They have collected 48 RBI. They scored 58 runs, 96 total hits. And they have been walked 32 times, but struck out 73 times and 12 of 20 in the stolen base department. On base percentage at 38 rounded up and slugging percentage at 38.1. That's your hitting Kings. Now your pitching Kings. Well, I can tell you the team stats. Several with Presto Sports where they don't want to show everyone that's pitched. What is up with that, Presto? I don't know. But this Kings team, they have 10 starts, of course, in 10 games, three and seven with one save and one complete game, 81 in the third innings. They have given up 54 runs, 65 runs total, 85 hits, walking 51, striking out 79. And the ERA for the staff is 5.98. And a strikeout through nine is 8.74. That is higher than the average. As the Kings, they're off today. So what is coming up for these Champion City Kings? Well, I will tell you in just a moment. I mentioned the two home games and that it's a four-game swing. The longest road game, the road series that Champion City will have all year. You're new to us this year. Champion City had not one but two six-game swings. But then went five and one in both of those. In fact, that was part of the catalyst that gave Champion City the first half title. So Johnstown at home, Tuesday the 14th, Wednesday the 15th, both 635 first pitches. And then on the road at Chilla Coffee, Thursday the 16th, 705 first pitch. At Lafayette at 7 o'clock, Friday the 17th. At Terre Haute, 6.30 p.m., Saturday the 18th. And then back at Chilla Coffee, Sunday the 19th at 605. And then off the 20th, and then they will be home. What is that? Two doubleheaders. So that is four out of the six days where they would be home. They'll be off Sunday the 26th and Monday the 27th. So that's your look at week two for the Kings, three and seven. But Alex Ryan named the slugger of the week. And there's a lot of promise with this team. It really is. And I definitely hope you'll consider watching in because when these guys piece it all together, I think they're going to be one of the tops in the prospect league. I mean, I know big hole against Chilla Coffee in first place. And I know broadcaster of the Champion City Kings, you're expected to say that. No, this is a really good squad. I mean, all the hitters and pitchers that are in there. It's impressive. Coach Gavin Murphy's built himself a really quality roster with general manager Ginger Fulton and assistant general manager and assistant coach Mark Lucas. This is a really good team. And it's just only a matter of time before things really start clicking and then wins start compiling. Just you wait. And also, Coach Murphy mentioned on, I believe, the last interview, people are already just writing them off. It's like, it's 10 games. It's 10 games. And plus, they're not the Reds that went 3-22 and the first month. I mean, these Kings, well, they're built for hitting. They're built for scoring runs. And the pitching, you know, they've shown they can be brilliant out there. So definitely, I implore you to check out your Champion City Kings. That will do it for week two and the third episode of King Me, the Champion City Kings podcast. We'll talk to you again real soon, again, Tuesday and Wednesday. Yours truly 
with the call on PLTV. Hope you bought your season pass. If not, it's never too late. As we will talk to you again next time on King Me, the Champion City Kings podcast.